Jesus, Jesus, Jesus likes girls. Jesus, 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 Jesus likes girls. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus likes girls. Hello. Hey. Welcome to Jesus Likes Girls. I'm Shannon. I'm Zena. And we're both girls. That's true. Yep. And um, <laughs> we can prove it. We don't want to, but we, we could. I'm not gonna. All right. How are you gonna prove it? I'm just gonna show my vagina. I thought you were gonna say I'm gonna show my titties, and I was like, <laughs> nobody can see. <laughs> nobody can see, Titty McGee. Tits McGee, dude, not Titty McGee. Well, Titty McGee worked a lot better because oh. it rhymed with, you know. See what I'm saying? We might have to start over right now. No! <laughs> it's fine, guys. It's gonna be fine. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show. So I was going to introduce my name as Shannon with the lisp, but then I was like, you know, I don't need to do that because everybody's going to figure it out. That you have a lisp? Yeah. I don't think of you as having a lisp, but maybe you do, and that's okay. I know. Lispers are... Lispers? Lispers. (laughs) (laughs) Lispers. It's a new... It's not a thing. It is now. I've just made it a thing. Lispers. You know, I really felt heard when the... The character on Grey's Anatomy, I just binged Grey's Anatomy during quarantine with, okay. because my youngest daughter, Gretchen, was obsessed with it and has watched every... There's like 25,000 seasons. This okay. show has been on for like 20 years. Great. And Gretchen has watched all of them multiple times. Mm-hmm. And every time I've, I've walked in on her watching it, I swear somebody's having sex. Okay. I'm like, it's, what is this show about? Is it about doctors? Is it about sex? Essentially, it's about relationships, you know? But And everybody fucks. One of the... A long story short... One of the characters has a, has a lisp. Okay. And I just, I felt so seen. Because <laughs> she had this love interest and he was like, you're so cute. And this woman is a literal genius. Like, she was a prodigy. Okay. She was she became a doctor. Uh, is this she... a Grey's Anatomy podcast now? You know what? It's about, Zena. you were talking about lispers <laughs> and now you're going into in-depth character study. You said lispers. I was not talking about lispers. Careless lispers. <laughs> From a good friend. Okay, so. uh, At any rate, all right, so Jesus loves girls. Jesus likes girls. Yeah. And loves them. Yep. We're girls. Yep. So we thought we should talk about this shit. You know, there's just not enough, there's not enough cool ideas out there about Jesus. It's really kind of. It's a wasteland. It's like a. It's a treacherous, it's a treacherous shithole. Treacherous shithole? <laughs> that might be a bit extreme. No, it's not. But as far as like personality differences, it's like conform or else we ain't got shit for you. Conform or deny. Conform or deny. Laying it down. It's really true though. Yeah. Like we checked out some other podcast titles. We looked up Jesus. Oh Lord. And it was discouraging. <laughs> to say the least. It was like if you're if you're it was like ladies podcast. What is with ladies? I don't know. Everything Christian women becomes ladies. I I have such an aversion to that. Uh-huh. And I like I kinda like the word lady. Like lady, 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 lady. I just think of lady lay across my big brass bed. You know that song? No. Oh. <laughs> lay, lady, lay. Oh, lady, lay. That song? 
Is that how it goes? Yeah. Lay across my, but I always Is say. Is that what he says? Lay across my big brass bed. Is that the words of the song? Yes. I believe you because you fucking know every word of every song ever made. But me and Josh always say lay across my big ass bed. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so anyways, I love the word lady. I like the word lady. Hey Especially lady, like, the place we're calling out to ya. That's one of the best songs ever made. BC Boys? Yes. Hey lady. Maybe Get that's why I love funky. it so much. <laughs> but... What was I going to say? Oh, the ladies in the house. Oh, my God. The ladies. The ladies. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe but anyways. Like Christian women. Christians. When you go to a women's event with Christians, it's like there is a, a, huh. a suddenly it means like baskets, fake flowers, like a real Fake flowers, long dresses. Calm. There's going to be poetry involved. There's in some way, there's going to be self-care oh, yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's going to be lots of slow worship. Yeah. It's just like, what is that vibe? It's not great. I mean, those are all things that the ladies like. They're not bad in and They're of not. themselves, but they don't offer much for like if your tastes don't go in those directions. Like, say you're a lady who's way into S&M and bondage. You're never stepping foot in that room. Why? A, a lady who likes S&M and bondage might also like poetry and sitting in flowers. Not with those folks. You don't know. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe that's part I'm of the problem. I'm just saying, I'm a dirty girl in bed, and I like those things. I'm not into S&M and bondage, but <laughs> you don't know what I'm into. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Probably a lot of those classy ass bitches up in those women Christian meetings are like. They get dirty between the sheets. Scandalous up in there. And that's good. I'm glad. Get it, bitch. Great. But why it's got to be so hidden? Why we got to act like we all love library books? Well, it's not hidden in my world, and you know that. I know, but you're not typical. That's why we're here. That's right. <laughs> Your face. You're like, I know. I know everything about your sex life, unfortunately. <laughs> Little backstory on us. Do Sh- not talk about my sex life. <laughs> Shay and I, Shannon and I, met how many years ago now? Mm. Ten years ago? Probably. Probably? Maybe more? I don't even know. I don't either. Our kids were so little, it just feels like eons ago. Our sons were in first grade together at a private school in Detroit. So they're now, now they're 16. So 15. No. they were, Are you sure? They were probably six. So about 10 years. Oh my. 10 years. And when we first met, we liked each other. You loved me. You were like, you're amazing and I want to be your best friend. Whatever. You took that coffee maker away from me. <laughs> <laughs> she literally gave it to me. I didn't know it was listen, you. Listen. She gave... It's really nice bun coffee maker that had a grinder on it. It was like primo nice to a mutual friend of ours named Mandy who didn't want it. And Mandy gave it to me. Then she demanded it back because she didn't know who I was. Yeah, I was like, this shit's only going to somebody who I want to I want to bless somebody specific. You can't just pawn it off to some stranger. Give that bitch back to me. Mm-hmm. And she did. So in any case, here we are <laughs> 10 years later making a podcast <laughs> called Jesus Likes Girls. So... We're not going to talk about Trump because that's just too depressing and boring. There's a Christian Trump problem, and the through line there is 
extremely troubling and very depressing. So, I mean, we could talk about it, but we were going to share instead some stories Mm -hmm. of being women in the church, which actually, maybe that's why Trump is on our minds, because so many times women have to experience men who think and act like Donald Trump and yet say they love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hmm. And further even, they don't even realize that the persona put out as a leader, as an authority figure in their life is oppressive because it's, we're so used to it. Women are so used to being oppressed, being marginalized, that some of the language that's said, I mean, I think of that because there's so many women, Christian women who follow Donald Trump, who support Donald Trump. It's so true. And they, they really firmly believe, like, he stands for these really wholesome principles of godliness. I mean, even aside from abortion, like, he really cares about Americans. He wants things to be safe in the world for our children. And I'm like, what a bunch of shit. <laughs> Look at the world right now. It's falling apart because the truth is coming to the surface about what what America really stands for and what it has always stood for. And you want to believe this white bubble utopia bullshit and you want to preserve it for your own white privilege and comfortability. And we're going to tear that shit apart. Yeah, and you like to put little labels on it like he's pro-life. And what you mean to say is he's a white supremacist. That's really what's behind it. it. He supports your power structure, and so you'll fucking fight tooth and nail to keep him in the Oval Office, you dicks. Yeah, and what's amazing is, like, he he supports your power structure, and it's oppressing you as a woman. I know. But then, you know, have you seen those things that say that a lot of women who are from abusive backgrounds are also drawn to Trump? No. Yeah, like women who were raised with an abusive father are drawn to Trump. Yeah. Or even the conversation last night we were having with some people about the patriarchy. Women become willing participants of the patriarchy because they just get absorbed Mm. into the system, you know? And they. I guess it makes sense in some ways, you know, like what has been portrayed to you as powerful and that's like your loving fatherhood figure. Right. Um, Or women want power because everyone wants some element of power in their own lives. And they've just learned, I have to get it by siding with this kind of insane man. And so I'll just... Powerful man is how they look at it. Right. Powerful man. I'll side with him. And then I have power. Yeah. And then I can be abusive to others, you know? And it's it's insidious. It's constant. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. It's horrific, but it's good. It's good that it's all coming to light. I mean, it's like, like what you said, the, um, the yoga teacher said to you the day after the November 6th, 2016. Not to worry. Yeah. She was like, this is where we've always been. The wrong person in power. Like join the club. Join the club. You, you're a white woman. And so maybe you've, you felt like you had power. And now when Donald Trump got elected, you see what it's like to be the minority and see this rich, powerful asshole who has no one's best interests at heart get elected. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, damn it. Welcome to the real world. And the real world of people who are already oppressed. Right. Where we as white women are not used to that. And we, like, shit the bed when Donald Trump became president. Whenever she can. (laughs) She will... Shit the bed. She will shit the it's bed. It's my favorite statement. Whenever she can. 
And the truth about me is, I loved poop. And let's not go. No, here. I'm just saying I have a lot of great shit stories. So she does actually. They may, may or may not be interjected throughout this podcast. <laughs> at one point, you have to tell the story. One day it will happen. One day, guys. We'll, we're going to have to position Stay tuned. it in a way. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stays into context in some way, shape, or form because I don't even know how to interject that one. <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, man. So, but what's tough about those real radical right-wing bitches is, like, Ugh, they are so some, things. they are some scary, crazy, passive, aggressive. Are they passive aggressive? I guess when they're, I feel like when they consider themselves to be Christians, they're way more passive aggressive. When they're, um, if you're a Christian, you tend to be an asshole. If you're not a Christian, you're a little more honest. Yeah, that's true. It's so weird. Christianity, man. Talk about shit in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So oh, that's true. today we were going to talk about, as a, a way of opening our podcast up, just some stories personal stories of our own lives in the church as women and we also want to hear from you listeners mm -hmm. from your after you hear our stories maybe it'll uh bring to mind a couple of things you've been through <laughs> in the church you and, have to dig real deep for, into the files to find one story <laughs> where you've been marginalized made to feel shame Right. Treated as less of an equal in the church. I don't know, man. Yeah, because I think it's rare that you uh, meet a woman in the church who feels totally supported, who is respected as an equal, whose voice carries as much weight, whose opinion as is as valid as, let's say, a male pastor. Yeah. It's rare. It's very, very very rare. I, I would say especially in our tradition, which is primarily evangelical. Yeah. And I mean, because Episcopalians, they got that they shit down. Women. Yeah. You know, they're living the life over there. <laughs> what are we doing? I, I just had the thought like, why didn't, why didn't I ever go to Episcopalian church? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I felt that way after we talked about beer tent Catholics. I was like, <laughs> I'm in the wrong game. It's true. <laughs> And maybe, you know, many times, have you noticed that when women in the evangelical tradition start standing up against the culture, they end up leaving? Yeah. Or they don't, I wouldn't say they leave Jesus. No, no. But they leave like positions of leadership. Well, they leave that tradition. Yeah. They go elsewhere in the faith where women are usually... Valued. Yeah. Where they're valued, where their voice Simple is. ask. It's not rocket science. Like... Treat me as your equal. I have value. Okay, so here's my story. I wasn't raised in the church. Um, I grew up in a very permissive, enabling household. A lot of partying. My dad was a nom, and he went the hippie route when he got back. And so it was, it was pretty chilled out over there. And we never went to church. When I turned 18, I had an experience where I understood that God was real. Then a few years later, I got a job. 
at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. Moody. Downtown Chicago. Moody. Were they involved in the Jesus? Remember there was something in Chicago called the Jesus Place? You know what I'm talking about? I do. Jesus. Was it Jesus People USA? Yeah. And they put on a big, they put on Cornerstone. They did? Jesus People did. I didn't know that. Yeah. They did. Was Moody associated with Jesus people? Hell no. Oh. No. They're very different. (laughs) Moody's extremely conservative. Jesus people are a little more liberal. Well, they were basically living like a commune in a huge apartment building Mm -hmm. in Chicago. And they put on a big Christian music festival every year. Mm -hmm. But I, when I saw, like, I could work at Moody Bible Institute, honestly, I thought, like, this will be the coolest job. Like, it'll be a bunch of Christians (laughs) together all the time, and it will be, like, talking about the Lord, and it'll be so cool. Like, I imagined Moody to be, like, Jesus People USA. Ah, because in my mind, I'm like, why? What? No, I... What part of somebody would look at Moody Bible Institute and think, fun? Because of my... I love that, though. ...naivete about christian culture that's what it was i didn't grow up in it i didn't understand it and there's a quote by gk chesterton that i feel encapsulates my experience of encountering christian culture really well and you probably know it you smart ass but it's like um me no who's the list i was talking to a listener (laughs) because i'm like i am a smart ass and i'm smart but i don't know it (laughs) so man it's like he, he explained his experience of God being like a man alone in a rowboat out on the ocean, finally hitting shore and finding land and being so grateful and thankful and gets out of the boat and starts stumbling along and realizes he's discovered England. (laughs) And so I heard this quote yesterday, but I literally forgot it. And I was like waiting with bated breath, like what's going to (laughs) happen? And then I remember, I was like, oh yeah, England. the awesome thing about me i don't remember hardly anything so everything's new (laughs) and i remember everything yeah but i never care so it's really (laughs) interesting i i really relate to that in my experience of understanding christian culture so i'm naively stumbling upon the shores of moody bible institute So funny filling out my job application which says do you agree to wear skirts you don't wear no pants, pants no pants no attending r-rated films <laughs> no and how old were you dancing i was it's a year i was married so 22 i mean let can we just go to the r-rated films part like it you're married you're clearly having sex you're about to have babies but you're not discerned enough to watch an r-rated movie is it going to be wrongly influencing you in some part of what what is it going to do what's the reason i'm sorry just go ahead i'm just i just can't yeah sorry i can't answer that for you but anyways i signed it because i thought i'm how am i going to go to the movies when i'm at work like fine whatever and i signed it (laughs) because why am i going to dance when i'm at work because i couldn't comprehend that this list of rules was for my whole life I mean, who would? Well, <laughs> obviously, all of those kids there, they I were don't... raised in that tradition, most likely, where yeah. they had an outside authority telling them how to live to say, like, their life. I want to adhere to these principles of the way I'm going to live my entire life, 
to be an employer there, an employee there. To work in your human resources Did they know anything department? about you? Nothing. I mean, they did. They were a little concerned that I attended a vineyard. What? Yeah, they were. Because vineyard church, and they talked about it, like, they believe in healings, people speak in tongues. There was a red flag on any application where the person said they spoke in tongues or had a Holy Spirit Is Moody experience. a former Baptist, or is it a Baptist church? Damn it, I don't know. I'm sorry. I feel like it is. But I always, but I always think that about super conservative churches. I'm always like, it's probably Baptist. Well, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know the difference between like an AG and a Baptist church. Except I think Baptists strongly believe in not speaking in tongues. I'm not sure what the background is, but they hired me. I wore skirts every day. I wore it's so hard to imagine. I really I wore a lot of long skirts because I didn't like wearing <laughs> it specifically said you had to wear pantyhose. And I didn't I'm 22. <laughs> so I one day my boss approached my desk and was like, "Zena, could we get lunch today?" And I was like, "Sure." So we were down at the lunch area and he said, "Someone's approached me and let me know that um you are violating dress code. And I was stunned. I was like, okay, what? What? Your skirt's not long enough. It needs to touch your toes. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah, you haven't been wearing nylons. Ugh. Well, fuck, i to wear nylons anyways. <laughs> I especially love it when you call them pantyhose because it just is like a real throwback. Like, pantyhose. oh, I need to stop at Rite Aid and get some pantyhose. Like, when? I don't know. It's like my grandma. But I was so creeped out. Uh, very yeah. weird. Like, like suddenly felt way too intimate with my HR boss. And I was like, uh, yeah. Jerry. <laughs> What's his name? Peter. And so I said, who, who told you this? And he wouldn't cl- disclose his sources. He's like, we're not going to cause controversy. Just wear some pantyhose. <laughs> And I was like, Peter, can I ask you something? Why do women, why can't women wear pants here? Uh Uh-oh. And then he said, well, kind of seemed a little taken aback. And he was like, "Uh, well, when women wear pants, the, the pant leg really accentuates the legs. And then the eye sort of travels up jerry and i was like dear god please stop talking and he stopped talking and then we both sat there and He's like i don't want to say it but pussy <laughs> <laughs> he's like when women have those pants on all i can think about is pussy <laughs> so like, holy shit like this guy i was embarrassed uh yeah i felt like ashamed of myself i Felt thoroughly creeped out and sort of violated, and somebody was heavily checking out your ankles, right? <laughs> and that was soon mm. after I found myself another job. What'd you do next? I'm just curious. I started working at a deaf group home. Oh, yeah. I went from Moody to learning sign language, and I'm an interpreter now. That's what I do still. I love that. Yeah. My favorite part about that story, I mean, not to like totally mock you, but I love that you were excited to work at Moody Bible Institute. 
Oh, dude, I was. I love that, though. We, it's so cute. You're like, I'm going to be around some really cool people. Yep. And then you're like, dun, dun, dun. Christians fucking suck. Slowly, it mm. dawned on me. We, we would have devotions as a department. So there would be an HR devotion time once a week. Mm-hmm. So the first one, I was like, yes. And this we, is so sad. We all went in and the VP of Moody HR is there, his assistant, all of the like benefits and all of the hiring team. <laughs> and people are were reading scripture, we're sharing, and then anyone was like, Are there any prayer requests? And I literally opened up about this friend that I was concerned about. I think I, I really hope this story doesn't end badly. I cried. I was just like sharing my heart. Okay. You know? And I stopped and I was waiting. Stone silence. Oh, no. Stone Crickets. silence. No one else said a thing. Oh. And that was it. And I was like, oh, oh. We don't want to share our real selves here. We're just like we're just, having church. I don't. We're going oh. through the motions. And yeah, it was a it was a slow I think I was there a total of a year almost. Oh a damn! Year. I thought you were gonna say a week. No. I stayed there for a, a bit and by the end of it, like I I pretty much didn't I, I started out like being excited about God and you know, a person who wanted to be close to feeling the Holy Spirit and the presence of God and by the time I left I was just like, Fuck you. Wow. Yeah. How sad. And it's just, that's what it's like. It is. And it's, it's, I feel like it's every woman's story because it's more than a church thing. It's a woman thing. But unfortunately it happens so, as we were already saying, you know, it has, it happens so insidiously in the church because women want, there's like this, this persona of transparency like like the devotion is a perfect example right it's like we really want to connect with you and support you and love you and then you try and you you you're you're honest and you're you're vulnerable and where are they they kick you in the fucking teeth (laughs) (laughs) that's what happens they're like get the fuck out of here with your crying She's from the vineyard. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. Which, what is the vineyard for anybody who might not know anything about church? It's just another branch of the church. It's a non-denominational group. Christian group. Christian group. Bible-based. Not associated with any of the major traditions. It started in California by John Wimber, who like produce the righteous brothers or something like that that's that was his career before <laughs> that seems so random it is he's like he was a member of the platters so he um you know just the the thing that came up around him and his personality was pretty laid back and inclusive and open to the holy spirit and welcoming people you know and that was it i believe in the 70s hmm. i don't really know i went I to know. a vineyard church for kind of a while okay. and I don't really know any other background because I yeah. just didn't give a shit yeah well that was where the main part of my discipleship happened after we left Moody hmm. I mean I attended a vineyard when we first got to Chicago and then after too for many years um but in any case it also has lost some of that initial 
openness, just like all things do, all churchy things over time kind of calcify. Yeah. You know, it's like new things have to happen, like our podcast, to keep things fresh, <laughs> keep shit real. Well, I'm going to share um, a story about my experience with a vineyard church uh, that turned into a cult. It really did, like true, real cult. Like I lost friends, never heard from them again. Their need, their weight, they're, they're like treading water in the waters of life to keep their head up, to stay alive. Because they're so, so deep in that goddamn cult. But <clears throat> um, when my husband and I were about to get married, my ex, how, what do I even say? My ex-husband, who was my husband, and that I'm divorced. But when Matt and I were going to get married, we went through uh, marriage counseling with one of the pastors. And Matt had, it's he doesn't care if I talk about this. Uh, Matt had lost his virginity in high school, but then, but then became a Christian and then was like very straight edge. Didn't use any substances, didn't really date. There's a whole lot of reasons about that, but it was all like in adherence to like saving himself. Yes. It was the Christian thing to do. Matt was a really, really like, uh, he was just a really intense guy. He was super cool and very honest and went against the grain of everything that was in Christian culture. He was basically like despised by everybody around him, but he was so honest and loving and so Christ-like that he was like changing lives left and right. <laughs> and that's what was I really... I can't even imagine. I know. That. It's impossible to perceive based on who he is now. Wow. Sadly. Um, but when before we got married, we started meeting with this counselor and... I, he said he wanted to have independent counseling with me by myself. And I mean, I, I was like, okay, because like you, I didn't grow up in the church. I had no, I had never gone to church. I had no perception of Christian culture. I, people were like Trinity. And I was like, there's three gods. What the fuck? Like I had no idea about anything about Christianity. And I became, a, I met God in high school with Matt. <clears throat> and so long later we got married. We're meeting with this counselor. He wants to meet with me by myself. And so of course I'm like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to bring, bring healing into our relationship and be like a restored person because I have a lot of brokenness because I sinned a lot in my adult life before we got married. That's what, you know, was you felt that's what that was, what was told to me. Mm. And so we sit down, and this church was such a hoo-ha fucking quacky church. Um, I'm not even exaggerating at all. <laughs> like, they were crazy. <laughs> and so they they did this um, thing. Like, I believe that one of the, mag what's it called? Manifestations of the Holy Spirit sometimes is speaking in tongues. Like, the whole, like, God is this amazing, universal person person he can do things that are way outside of our imagination and so speaking in tongues like fine whatever but these people it was hard for me to be around because it was so unusual and it never felt right it didn't it never just felt good and so he starts to sit down with me he starts the conversation and says i want you to talk about every sexual partner you've ever had wait a minute yes this just is real the two of you just him and me. Uh-uh. 
He wants me to talk about every sexual partner I've had. This is almost going to make me cry. I told you you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I told you I had a story you wouldn't believe. I, uh, wow. And I am not even exaggerating. He asked me to name every person and talk about penetration. <gasps> mm-hmm. He no. said, if, if there was no penetration, you should still say their name. I wept like I was the worst. I, I felt like the worst sinner on the face of the earth, especially because my husband had like not had sex with anybody. And he was just like, I mean, I was giving him blowjobs before we were married, but <laughs> apparently that didn't matter. <laughs> Love you forever, oh. But he had me go through every sexual partner that I had had. And prayed over it and released me from any bondage and attachment that I had to those people. Did I leave there feeling free? So free and so like cleansed from my new husband. I left there feeling like the worst piece of shit on the face of the earth. He made me talk about every sexual experience I had. And half of, uh, uh, probably a quarter of them were like really like rapes you know like i lost my virginity when i was 14 to a 19 year old man and i had to talk about that like it's my sin like i was fucking 14 i was a little girl that old asshole 19 year old who fucked me when i'm drunk like that's not my baggage that's gonna mess up my husband wow wow yeah it was like a good 45 minutes of sitting there talking to this man about my, all my sexual experiences and confessing them before the Lord. Oh That's how I like entered God. into marriage with, and through this church. And probably like six months after they married us, that guy married us. Wow. Um, and probably like six months later, I was like, Matt, I am not going to this church anymore. I cannot do it. It is too weird. And it doesn't feel right. And the truth was, they're not, they don't, they're, they don't love me. They're not accepting of me. They want a different me. They couldn't say, Shannon, you know, you have had your life, Matt, he's had his life. Let's come to let, we want to support you coming together and learning how to love each other. Well, they might have said those things in conjunction with like, we're also going to shame you of every person you ever fucked. Like what the hell? Yeah. That's a huge deliverance. That's a huge power mood. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, power move. Yeah. It is a way of having so much knowledge and control over you. I know. And I always felt it too. After I had shared my vulnerability, like the utter essence of my vulnerability right. with this man in a private room, he had so much power over me. But it's basically a stranger. I mean, did yeah. you know him? I mean, as like a pastor guy at the church, we weren't like BFFs or anything. He wasn't taking me out to lunch. <laughs> Shocker. You got me. You got me. Yeah. So. So, (laughs) We could go on and on. I have so many stories. So do I. And sadly, like I started out with a bang on that one. I just just went to the hardcore one. You did. But. uh, I'm glad you did. There's lots of other ones I got. Unfortunately. Yeah. But the, the point is small or incredibly significant. 
all of those things shape and form what women understand their standing and role within the church to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I think that Jesus is in the business of liking you. Mm. And so and loving you. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm down. All right, girl. All right. Deuces. Peace. <laughs>